Sabbath uh, is a word we've been using a lot over the past uh, four weeks or so. For many people, it's, a, it's an antiquated word. Um, for some people, it's a, a Jewish word, a limiting, you can't do this and you can't do that kind of word. Uh, who has time for that in this day, of a, in this day and age word? Regardless of whether people know the term Sabbath or not, we, the hurried, stressed people of 21st century America, yearn for the reality. We need it. You can see it in the self-help section of the bookstore. You can see it on the top Google searches. You can see it in our faces and in our bodies. You can see this yearning for Sabbath in the top New Year's resolutions of 20. 23. They won't be surprising to you. Exercise more. Eat healthier. Lose weight. Save more money. Spend more time with family and friends. Spend less time on social media. Reduce stress on the job. Reduce living expenses. Each and every one of these is ultimately a desire for more whole, abundant, renewed life. In short, or Sabbath. What would it be like for us to operate out of a place of Sabbath, an intentional place, time, state of of rest, worship, delight in God and God's creation? We've been plunging into the depths of Sabbath over the past several weeks because at the start of a new year, Sabbath might just be for us a forgotten gift from God waiting to be unwrapped. Sabbath is tangible proof from God that we are not without help in experiencing true renewal and abundant life this year and every year. In our Renew Year series, we've talked about Sabbath as sacred time and space to remember God's deliverance and to be remembered, reconnected to our identity as God's children. We've talked about Sabbath as resistance to consumption, productivity, anxiety, and exclusion. We talked about Sabbath as recharge and recalibration. Today we finish this series by looking at Sabbath as recreation and re-creation. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and might bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Reading this morning from um, Genesis and then from Luke. First from Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. Then from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, Why? Do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but he has been raised. 
Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Six days God created, and on the seventh day, God rested. And as we've said before, this is the very first Sabbath, the first pause, the beginning of this great gift given to humanity. God has created a good and a beautiful world with grand oceans and majestic mountains and flowing rivers and trees stretching their their branches to the sun, diverse living creatures of every kind, walking, crawling, swimming, flying, running. God's creation, God's good earth is a space where God's love can can flourish as it's shared with what God has just made. What must it have been like for God on that seventh day? The God who never grows weak or weary or tired, who doesn't need to rest and who yet stops the creative work and rests. And does what? I remember as, as a child uh, building with, with Legos, creating whole entire Lego worlds, police and city, outer space, uh, ocean, deep sea adventures, and I would spend lots of time creating or building planes or buildings or vehicles or submarines with the anticipation of, of playing with them, enjoying what I had made. Now, ask my mother, uh, that's why it would take me forever to come down to dinner when she called. If dinner was in between me finishing my Lego creation and then getting to play and enjoy what I just made, well, let's just say there would be lots of frustration to, to go around I wanted recreation with my Legos. Recreation simply means activity done for enjoyment, for delight. See, there's a connection between creation and recreation. And so I think about God and God's creation on that seventh day when God rested. What if part of of that seventh day Sabbath was God's recreation with what God had made. Maybe God stood on on the shoreline and and listened to the waves crashing and singing, watching dolphins joyfully leap out of the water. Maybe maybe God climbed a mountain peak to see all the the trees below waving their, their branches as clouds whizzed by. Maybe God watched in delight as a caterpillar changed into a, a butterfly. Maybe God ran with the with the cheetahs or, or roared with the lions. Maybe God walked with human beings in the cool of the garden. Maybe human beings delighted in what God made too. Maybe God showed them how to engage in recreation with no other purpose than just to enjoy God and what God had made. Maybe God showed us the holiness of play on the first Sabbath. Sabbath teaches delight in what God made. It creates time and space for recreation. Activity done simply for enjoyment and delight. Spending time with what God made and called very good. It's not work, it's delight in God's work. 
we don't get something done. We get engaged in activities that make us watch and be responsive to what God has done. So that we don't, as one Jewish prayer puts it, walk sightless among miracles. Days pass and years vanish and we walk sightless among miracles. O Lord, fill our eyes with seeing and our minds with knowing. Let there be moments when your presence like lightning illumines the darkness in which we walk. Help us to see wherever we gaze that the bush burns unconsumed. And we, clay touched by God, will reach out for holiness and exclaim in wonder, how filled with awe is this place and we did not know it. Think about recreation. In recreation, we notice. We notice our own bodies, our feet hitting the pavement on a greenway trail, our breath moving in and out of our lungs on a, a cold day, our, our hands gripping tightly to the monkey bars or to, the, to a bat. We, we notice the trees and the sky, the lake, the, the mountains on our, on our hike. We notice the grass beneath our feet kicking the soccer ball around. We notice the good food and good people around the table as we share a meal with our family or our friends or our neighbors. Recreation is doing something enjoyable that you are not obligated to do. Something that is not in any way work and that affirms the goodness of God's creation and therefore the goodness of God. The idea that somehow this this rhythm of refreshing ourselves through connecting with God's creation is as old as dirt, literally. If God took time to rest and enjoy God's creation, shouldn't we do that too? I treasure the habit that my parents set for us on Sundays growing up. Worship would be followed by a family meal and then either a trip to a playground or a hike somewhere together. And now, sometimes we try as best as we're able with our boys to to do the same thing, to do a walk or a hike or hit up a playground together. Go outside to play, go to a park, go to a trail or a pool, throw a baseball in the backyard, kick the soccer ball around in the neighbor's yard, share a meal with your family or friends or your neighbors. When we engage Sabbath as recreation and play, we affirm how incredibly good God's creation is and therefore how incredibly good our Creator is. Sabbath is about recreation and also re-creation. There's a pretty big reason why followers of Jesus worship on Sunday. Why Sabbath for the Christian is often associated with Sundays, not Saturdays. Jesus rose from the dead. For early Christians, Sabbath took on its ultimate meaning with Jesus' resurrection. For Jews, the Sabbath was from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. But then the disciples were witness to the impossible, to the incredible, and it happened on Sunday, the first day of the week. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb bringing spices they had prepared. And the tomb was empty and the stone was rolled away. Jesus rose from the dead victoriously on a Sunday. The most defining, glorious, significant, good event in the history of the world happened 
on a Sunday. And so the early Christians naturally began to celebrate on that day the joy and the hope and the promise of Jesus' resurrection, celebrating God's recreation, new creation, the possibility of new life with Jesus. And so Sabbath takes on this added weight of glory because of God's recreating things anew beginning with Jesus' resurrection. Jesus' resurrection was and is the Sabbath of all Sabbaths. First day of the week ends up being the first day of God's new creation, opening the door for ultimate Sabbath rest with God because Jesus won. It was really was what Sabbath was pointing to all along. Think about it. Remembering God's deliverance, what greater act of deliverance than from Sin and death. Reconnected to true identity? What greater identity than a new creature in Christ? Act of resistance? What greater act of resistance than to defeat the powers of sin and evil and death? Recharge and recalibrate? What greater power to to plug into than the power that raised Jesus from the grave? What greater recalibration than to be aligned with God's mission to make all things new? The early church began to to gather on Sundays, to eat together, to worship together, to to share communion, in short, to celebrate, to rejoice. This was the day on which they encountered the risen Lord. This is the day that sin and death and evil were rendered ultimately powerless. So it is to be with us. It's a day to celebrate that Jesus is alive. That God in Christ is at work, making all things new in in the world and in us. Jesus' resurrection makes each Sabbath of rest and worship a celebration of Easter for us. If you look over on the wall, right there over the welcome table in our church space here, there's a beautiful sign created by one of our own members that says, He is risen. It was made for Easter a few years ago, and and one day, uh, a few weeks after Easter, uh, several years ago, I remember having this internal conversation with myself about whether to take it down or not since it wasn't the season of Easter anymore. And then I quickly realized, dude, why is this even a question? (laughs) This sign needs to be up 24-7. Each and every Sunday, this is the fundamental reason we gather for worship. This is our why. This is why we bring loud and squirmy kids and sometimes sullen-faced spouses. This is why we don't sleep in as late as we want to on a Sunday morning. This is why we sing from the bottom of our hearts. This is why we worship together. This is why we have the church. This is why we have hope. This is everything. This is why we don't have to work and labor for salvation and love and worth and approval. This is why we don't have to live our lives distracting ourselves to death from the hard things in life. So every Sunday Sabbath is like that sign on the wall for us. A sacred, tangible, in-our-face reminder Celebrating the truth that Jesus is alive. He is risen. He's been raised from the dead. Bring us newness of life too. Recreating. So we're invited on Sabbath to celebrate, to worship, to rest, enjoy, and hope. To create and to contribute to God's creative work in the world. 
recreate. So imagine, friends, for a moment. Imagine the prospect of renewal, true renewal, the promise of a renewed year. Imagine the, the more abundant life present when we actually unwrap, step into, practice God's gift of Sabbath. Eugene Peterson says it pretty bluntly. If you don't take a Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much. You're being too much in charge. You've got to quit one day a week just to watch what God is doing when you're not doing anything. But pastor, how do I, how do I practice it this day and age? How, how do I experience it? Well, I invite us to run it through this grid. Is it rest? Is it worship? Does it help me delight in God? Take it a step further from our series. Does it help me to remember and be remembered? Does it help me resist consumption, productivity, anxiety? Does it help me recharge, recalibrate? Is it recreation, delighting in God's creation? Is it celebration of and participation in God's recreating resurrection? That's the litmus test. If you can answer, if we can answer yes to those questions, then we'll be practicing and experiencing Sabbath. We'll be experiencing rest. We'll be experiencing renewal. We'll experience God. We'll experience not just a new year, but a renewed year. May it be so for us in 2023. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.